Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline Podcast. I'm Dax Holt, joined by Mr. New York, Adam Glenn. How are you? Dax, I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm exhausted, man. I, you understand? I ride my bike around New York City everywhere. You know, like it, I'm a pure hustler. Like it's riding your bike. It's it's grimy. I just got these new jeans that are really stretchy. So I kept I kept on buying these expensive jeans, and then I kept ripping them all over like like the city bikes. So now I'm like, fuck it. I'm not gonna buy good bikes anymore. Uh, good jeans anymore. I just took these stretchy jeans, so I look like. I'm wearing, like, mom jeans pretty much, but they last me longer. Do you know how but, many people just turned our podcast off? Just you talking about stretchy mom jeans? Dude, I was going – I was getting these ragged bone jeans that were, like, $225, and I kept ripping them every single time I got on a bike. And I was like, fuck it. I have to – and now, so, it's like I'm, I'm interviewing – you know, like, last week, I just had Oprah. You know, I'm interviewing huge stars, but I don't dress – Cool. Let's be honest. <laughs> Listen, Oprah wasn't looking at your pants, bro. She wasn't. She did not care. She By was the just... way, Oprah what? looks fantastic. She I does. don't think people realize Oprah looks great. She's got this her skin just glows. She looks healthy. I don't know what she's doing. I don't you know, we won the called a billion dollars in your bank account, bro. That's what happens. You look it's good the... when you can afford it. It probably, you know, but, you know, you wonder, because we did have that plastic surgeon on the show, and, you know, I have to wonder, like, did Oprah get anything done? But then you're he, curious, he like, if Oprah's... clear. Everyone has had something done. Crazy. Interesting. All right. All right, enough about us. Let's get to our guest, because, I mean, people obviously saw her name in the title, so they were going to click on this podcast, because they want to hear from her, not us talking about mom jeans and skinny shit. So, let's bring in Lexi Pantera. I, 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 do I even need to give her an introduction? I feel like she's so popular that I, I feel like my introduction is going to do no good. But Lexi Pantera, who obviously we talked about many, many times back when uh, I was at TMZ. We brought her up, and uh, I, I think her twerking videos obviously put her name way up on the map at TMZ. But uh, also, her singing career has now taken off. And uh, let's uh, welcome Lexi. Enough from me. Uh Hi guys. Hello. What's up, Lexi? You, uh, you know, you have an interesting. It's crazy what's turned out for you because I feel like we first saw you twerking, but now you're singing. You're you're traveling the world. I mean, what's it like being Lexi in the past few years, especially with social media? You know, and how much it's made an impact on your life. It's been quite the journey. It's been amazing. It's been a blessing. Um, a double-edged sword. It's like good and bad at the same time because, yes, I'm a singer. So unexpectedly, you know, the twerking thing just blew up out of nowhere. Not like I planned that. So it kind of was like, all right, let's go with the punches. Let's go with it <laughs> and live a rock star kick-ass life. <laughs> <laughs> so you, last week, you were where? Because we were going to talk last week, but you were in Europe somewhere. Where the hell were you at? I was in New York and then London and then Milan, Gee, and, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was gonna say, and now is this all just 
fashion week kind of stuff or what? Yeah, you know, as a singer, you got to like stunt sometimes in the fashion world because fashion and music are just, you know, one pretty, I think so. So, um, you know, it's good to work with brands and get to know these expensive, great, big designers. So, yeah, I was sitting front row, me and my stylist. I had like 24 outfit changes. It was crazy. <laughs> I'm so jet lagged, but I'm trying to get back into my L.A. chill life. So, so you I, know know? You, I know you say like as a singer, you got to do this, but like, do you reach out to them? Do they reach out to you? How does that work when you have become to like your level of success? Do they do these designers say we need you front row at our fashion show? We need you wearing our clothes walking in. Sometimes I think the more involved you get, the more and you know, or the more they'll come around. So I'm kind of new to it. I've been to a couple of them, but sometimes they do. Yeah, sometimes they pay you to sit front row. They'll dress you in their clothes. Like it's a whole thing. It's fun. And who is who is the biggest star there? Like so, when you're looking down front row and you look over, like who do you see? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's crazy because I was getting a lot of attention during fashion weekend that I wasn't I didn't expect and a lot of people were loving the outfit so shout out to Serafini my stylist he's doing a really good job right now nice. <laughs> he's killing it um but I don't know um there's a lot of big names um like the people that work for Vogue and stuff that no one really knows but I know of now you know so I mean that's cool because now I'm mingling around them and making friends with people and it's a cool experience. Did it's you, just a different world. Did you see Anna Wintour? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> That's the only person I know from Vogue, so no, I had to I know, throw I the name know. out. <laughs> what do you think was I mean, your beautiful shows? Some people you know, some people you don't know, and um, it's cool because I wear these. Like we pull them from showrooms, and like I'm wearing these sick brands that no one really knows, but like all the celebrities are wearing them and like all the, you know, all the popular people. So it's really fucking cool. I'm like in like a corset that, you know, Beyonce just wore. Like, it's just crazy when you think about it like that. It's insane. And how did you meet your stylist? Did they approach you or has that kind of, that collaboration with you and your stylist come about? I actually met him on set of Vulcan magazine. It was, um, I was in a magazine and he styled it. Nice. And then you guys were like, this is this is awesome. We want to work together. You could just feel the chemistry yeah. or what? Yeah, it was just really easy, simple, and we hung out a couple times. That's how I met my ex-boyfriend. Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Serafini, my stylist, is a blessing. He's an angel. So. That's awesome. And so uh, what has your, I guess, your life, um, you know, with obviously the twerking videos, the music, is it hard for you to walk around the streets? Do that many people recognize you that you're just like, oh, wow, I've really become this huge star where I don't like to go to like no. a Disneyland now kind of thing? No, no, no. I don't not I don't get stopped that much. And to be honest, I do notice people. I'm, I pay attention to people a lot. So I know that when people are noticing me most of the time. Um, but people come up to me sometimes. But a lot of people I think are very um, intimidated. <laughs> or like they don't want to come up to me. So they'll just... Wow, me from like afar. The now, people do you, that do, do they ask you to twerk on command? Oh, sometimes it's so annoying. I'm like, <laughs> that's the most annoying thing. Like, no, I don't want to fucking twerk right now. Like, are you joking? Do you, like, okay, I'm just bust out in the middle of fucking the grocery store. Like, do you feel that you have extra pressure? So when you're at a club and music comes <laughs> oh. on, do you feel like everyone turns to look at you like, all right, Lexi, turn it up. Let's do this. 
They always do. And it's funny because I'm kind of not the one, like, it depends. It depends of who I'm around. Like, if I'm with my girlfriend, then it's that type of night. We're fucking twerking. We're going in. But, like, if I'm around a lot of guys, you're not going to see me doing it. I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I need to, like, not do it as much, you know? So I feel, um, yeah, a lot of people feel like I should be doing it, but I'm not. I'm probably the least amount, to be honest. <laughs> train to do twerking? What was like, that? practice it? Do you train? How does it work when it comes to twerking? Like, how do you prepare? You know, do you train for it? Dun, dun, dun. It's like the fucking Olympics, first of all. We have twerk camp. Actually, no, really. We actually just had our first workout camp. It was amazing. Um, so many girls showed up. It was two-day extensive, so now we plan on doing that every year. But right now we have, like, certifications and stuff people can teach around the world. They get certified and, like, be their own instructor. We, you know, support them as much as possible. Um, and where was twerk I mean, out camp held? That's crazy. The class is an hour long. It's straight cardio. It's fucking full body workout. Yeah. What'd where, you say? I said, where was this twerk out session at? Los Angeles. Sorry, say yeah. that again? It was in LA. Oh, gotcha. Well, why aren't you doing it more than twice a year? It seems like that would well, be great revenue. Where at? Because you said you were going to do it two days out of the year or something like that? Oh, no, no, no. This is just camp. This is a two day camp. So this takes a lot of planning. You have to plan for it. Like, if we could have two a year, it'd be great. But I think one year from now, we're going to start and then maybe add on. But it's it's fun. We have classes every week in Los Angeles. And then we have instructors, you know, in different cities and countries. So people can get it. Or online classes. We have online content as well on our website. See, this is what I think is amazing, is to be able to parlay something that has become extremely popular, like what you become known for, into a money-making career. Like, not everyone has figured that out. Some people can be like, oh, I can twerk on Instagram and get millions of followers, but then how do you take that to the next level so that it turns into an actual business? And I think that is one thing that people haven't figured out, and you did. Yeah, I automatically thought business when I first started it. <laughs> so... It just was natural. I was like, money, 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 money. How do I make money? And then I had fun with it. I'm like, this is fucking... I mean, it was a whole new world for me, but it was amazing. It's super fun, so... so how did, the, you know, what was the the moment where everything changed in your career, in your life, where it's like, holy shit, I'm becoming... I'm able to monetize this. I'm becoming kind of like an influencer, a, uh, a social media star. What was the... What was the, what was the thing that really kind of set it off? I think that's when, when, at one point when people started, like, recognizing me. I think that's when I was. <laughs> I was like, dang, so many people know me now. It's crazy. Who, so, who, like, that's when I was like, well, and it happened fast. Like, it was really quick. So. Who's the biggest celebrity to come up to you? Who's the biggest celebrity to come up to you and be like, I really like watching your videos, or I know who you are, just the biggest celeb? The biggest celebrity. I guess I like. <laughs> Sipping the tea. I know, right? <laughs> sipping tea. <laughs> While I'm sipping my tea. Um, okay, let's see. I mean, I would say, well, obviously a Spice Girl is really big. Um, and then maybe right now, Michael B. Jordan. Nice. What is, and what does Michael B. Jordan say? I mean, he's a fan. What can I say? So, <laughs> do you think a guy like him, like, so let me ask you this. Who was like the, the biggest star that kind of slid 
and into the DMs. I was like, hey, what's your deal? Michael B. Jordan. So, so did you hang out with him, or it was just kind of... Captain's go, guys. It's over with. I moved on. (laughs) But you guys hung out, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's really cool. He's He's a great guy. He's from North Jersey. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he is. He is. I've met some of his family and everyone. Yeah, he's really cool. Where'd you guys, what do you guys do in that kind of situation? Where do you guys go? Don't go too many places because <laughs> there's a lot of people recognizing a lot of us. <laughs> I know. Like when you hang out with Michael B. Jordan, what do you do with him? Like, you know, where, where, does, where does he take you? Where do you guys do? Boring. That's all I'm going to say. Where, where do you do? I said boring. That's all I'm going to say. Really? I'm surprised. <laughs> he seems like such a fun guy that he'd want to just like do some fun shit. Yeah, no, he's he's fine when he wants to be, I guess, just like everyone. Do you feel like there's too much pressure around who he is that he's yeah, worried? Yeah, I absolutely think so. I think he's one of the paranoid ones for sure. <laughs> I'm like, I don't give a damn. This is my life. He's one of the ones that are like, oh, you know, scared of like any little thing. So The yeah. reputation is too online, kind of like a Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> worried about everything. I'm, on. I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm always curious when you go out with people of that status, you know, because there's a thing where you're, you know, this happened multiple times. Do they make you sign like an NDA or something like that because they don't want, like, is it, is it, it's got to be scary for them in some ways because they think, you know, what can this person say? Did, does someone like Michael B do that by any chance? Does some part of his team reach out? Sign something? I've never signed one. I'll tell you that I've had people sign one, though. Really? Yeah. Just, I mean, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you learn. But, um, no, no, no one's ever made me do that, no. And why would you you have someone sign? Just because you're like, I I don't know what they're going to reveal about you? No, not just relationship-wise. I'm saying even work-wise now sometimes, yeah. You got to be, you got to watch out sometimes, so... It's unfortunate, but you learn, and then you're like, damn, maybe I just have everyone sign one. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's so crazy. It's, it's such yeah, a life. What? Just <laughs> no, fuck no. I would never. My mom can bust me out. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I love that you're sipping the tea the whole time we're talking, too. So like that. What does it say? It says, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> So good. So tell me about uh, Mamacita, because this was a new song that just got released. What was it? Back at the beginning of the month. And it seems like it's been doing really well. I'm acting to it really well. Um, I'm singing singing in Spanish and I'm singing in French, which is cool. And uh, in English, obviously. It's a very, like, very... uh, in your face, like attitude girl records. So, and those are my favorite. I love those records. It's like a Rihanna vibe. And that's, I love Rihanna. She's one of my, if I was to say, I only have like one idol or like celebrity that I would look up to love Rihanna. So she inspired me, you know, for, for a lot of the records that I'm going to put out. Yeah, no, I was, we were listening to it right before you came on. I was like, this thing is super catchy. Like it just, it gets in your head and yeah. you want to keep I'll playing it. So. Are, have you been going to the clubs and they've been playing it? Are you getting a lot of love from fans? Damn, I haven't heard anyone play. Uh, no, not in the club yet. Where Do You Go by Sean Frank and me. That's playing in club and radio right now, which is awesome. That's a really good record. It's a dance EDM type of record. This one, not yet, but I, I mean, my friends have definitely sent me their videos. And, you know, people are really liking the record. Girls what, are. And, 
And now, uh, what was the first song you heard of yourself on the radio? Because I'm always wondering about that moment when someone like hears their song play on the radio, what it was like. Um, it my very very first time had to be when I was 19. Uh-huh. Um, my song Supa Dupa was on New at Two on Power 106, and I was in the pool of damn someone crazy, so some huge celebrity. I don't remember, but my producer like. My manager at the time brought me to this, God, it was some legendary A-list or celeb, like, man actor. Anyways, I was, like, cool, chilling. I was, like, 19, having a great time. And they turned the radio up, and my song was playing. And I was like, wow, that was that was a legendary moment, man. Seriously. Yeah, was this your whole goal in the beginning? Like, listen, I'm going to keep twerking, doing this to kind of transition to music and kind of use the paint to kind of do what I really want to do or was this strategy in some way? I mean, we tried to strategize as much as possible along the way when you, when you, you know, something comes up, you're like, okay, now how do I work with this? So I definitely, I mean, I started doing music in the beginning and then dance became popular and then I'm like, damn, like, but I want to sing still. So I'm like, okay, let me sing and dance to it. So then I started doing that. Then I started doing twerk out really full time and kind of put singing a little bit on the back burner. Cause I mean, I was making money and I was having a great time touring. And, um, then I started working with DJs in France and we did a couple records. We did music videos in Morocco and France and then toured over there. And then the music started coming back again into my life more dramatically. So, I mean, you know, now I like, I just actually got my first ever record placement cause I just started writing for people. I've always wrote, like written for myself. So now I'm starting to like write for other artists and I'm really excited about yeah, it. That's where the big money is when you are a... Like, damn, I used to hate writing. Like when I was 19, I didn't write that song. I sang that. I was like Britney Spears. I didn't sing shit. Um, <laughs> now, you know, I'm writing my music and I love writing. So I'm like, I'm done with mine. I've written so much already and I have so much music I'm putting out now that I'm like, I don't want to write anymore for me. But like, I'm down to write for other people and... I'm excited to start that journey for sure. What do you feel like has been the highlight of your career so far up to this point? Highlight of my career? Like, is it is it sitting at a front row at a fashion show? Is it, you know, working with uh, Marshmallow? Is it, you know, like what? You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. Having to wake up whenever the fuck I want to wake up. That is my highlight of my <laughs> life. <laughs> rest and I love my sleep <laughs> I mean that's a good goal to be, honest, to be my own boss to have my own schedule that's what it's about to be happy and to do what I really love to do so like I'm blessed enough to have fucking brand deals in my life or I'd be a struggling artist you know like that's where I'm at and where do I'm you... what I love and that's all that I want to do and like this time next year where do you see yourself hopefully on tour my album is just fucking out already or at least two EPs. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, how do you, you know, listen, you're, a, let's be honest, you're a pretty girl. You know, you're attractive, you're talented. But how do you separate from, in the, they got to return the comments. But how do you kind of work with people in industry and make sure it's not guys are working with you for the right reasons instead of something that they're trying to get something out of it. And, and, and like, listen, they're trying to hook up with you. How do you, how do you kind of decide that it's just going to be a working relationship and kind of, you know, rather than it's a hookup, you know, saying, how do you navigate through the me too era is what it's really come down to. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like luckily I haven't been put in crazy, crazy predicaments and positions to feel overwhelmed like that. Thank God, because a lot of women do feel that way and have been put in those positions. So, and I'm not, I'm not one of them. Um, and I think if I ever do get some sort of uncomfortable feeling, I'll just put myself out of the situation automatically. Cause like that, that I won't sacrifice for my career and I don't, my morals are a little bit different than the people's. So, um, brother, but it's hard. I mean, sometimes you get hit on and you're like, fuck, like I wanted to work with you. You're a dope DJ, but like now you want to take it to the next level, but I'm not down for that. So now what, you know, I've definitely been put in that position. Let me tell you. And it's really upsetting. It's really annoying. And you're like, damn, like maybe you don't believe in me as an artist. Fine. Go fuck yourself. But when I make it big, don't fucking come back around trying to get a record with me. That's my mentality now. <laughs> That's it. That's all we got to, you know, think. What, are, what else are we going to think? Just so, keep fucking crawling. Push. Just go through. Keep pushing. So why aren't you reaching out to Rihanna, trying to get a song with her? That's, Damn. I think if she is your idol and she is your, you know, I, I think Rihanna's down to do collabs with people and help people out. And, you know, like, why not? I wonder if I've ever slid in her DMs. I'm not sure. Maybe I should try. Do it. I mean, that's how things happen. That's how, you know, the, you never know in this industry. No. Are you single right now, currently? Lexi is single, baby. So how does a guy, listen, a guy wants to get in touch with you and they DM you. You know, how does a guy get in touch with you and DM you and get your attention? Ooh. As of now, right now, I mean, <laughs> the only attention that's getting attention is a check mark. I'm not checking it, to be honest. Like, I'm looking for <laughs> that are like engaging in my content but like I don't I don't know why I say that let me tell you is because first of all if you have one probably I know someone that you know or like I know who you are or like I know the circles you're around or who you're hanging around so like that's kind of why it's just like I'd rather not meet a complete stranger you know unless someone refers me to some someone then totally fine but other than that online I don't know it's gonna be tricky <laughs> But what what do they have to do? Like what, other than a blue check mark next to their yeah, name? Damn, uh, something. I don't know. <laughs> I have to in the car, okay? Then we can talk. <laughs> Adam, well, how, it's gonna be tough, guys. I don't know. In your DMs right now, how many unread messages do you have? Is that mark always up there? Like just the DMs? You know, when you get a DM, there's that little one or two. Do you always have like thirty, fifty, hundreds of messages that you just never check? Oh, from just everyone? Yes. Hundreds. You know how many Facebook messages I get? <laughs> you know, I get, and I don't, uh, to be honest, I'm not on Facebook a lot, but, like, I can see, and it's so many Facebook messages. <laughs> like, damn, they do not stop. It's every, like, second. It's crazy. That, so that's what I want to see. I want to see someone like you, once they post something on Instagram, how quickly all the numbers come in, comments, New I don't friends, look. I mean, the mentions are you. No, but like you know when you like sign in, like so you close out and then you sign back and they all pop up. Is it just uh, constantly at like a hundred plus or whatever it is? Well, something like that. Yeah. It's so crazy. I love I it. It's wild sometimes when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well. There are a bunch of guys. Oh, love my guys. Love my fans. Serious. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for joining us. I, I'm I really like the new song, Mamacita. I, I 
have told Good, people catch- go check it out. It's on YouTube. It's already racking up some big numbers on YouTube. Uh, I hope they start playing. It's it's a voila record featuring me. Well, your name is in the title, so they can search your name because it's easier to spell than voila. Because putting in the accent (laughs) mark is not easy. But Lexi Pantera Uh is easy to spell. So thank you for joining us. Much success or much luck on your success. And uh, I hope this song blows up for you and uh, your career just keeps skyrocketing. Yes, and make sure you guys stay updated with the new music coming out soon. Yeah, just follow, is it the best place to just follow you on your Instagram? Yes, and Spotify. Spotify as well. Well, thank you, Lexi. Enjoy thank the rest you. of your day and your travels. And is that a, a golden play button behind you on your bed? Right there, baby. Nice. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you, Lexi. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye. Lexi. All right, well, she was interesting. Very interesting. I mean, listen, it's it's a different way of life. It's uh, it's crazy that she's able to monetize it. But, I mean, hanging out with Michael B. Jordan and Michael B. Jordan trying to slide into DMs. Right? But, uh, but yet at the same time being like, yeah, most boring guy ever. Like, that's kind of crazy, right? Because I, I would have thought for sure Michael B. Jordan would be fun, would be a hella good person to date. Like, you can get into any party you want. And clearly did not impress her much he doesn't but the thing is he's michael b jordan he doesn't have to be exciting like he's just he doesn't have to put in the work you know because if she doesn't want to hang out he could just go to the next and it just never gets old there's plenty of fish other out there you know it's just you can't even you can't even say what you're trying to say because it's ridiculous right now (laughs) it's insane it's literally it's an endless pool of talent so it's just like I don't need to put in the work. I don't need to show off. I'm Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Like, even if he wasn't an actor, he just had to say, my name is Michael B. Jordan. Like, just the coolest name ever. <laughs> um, it's but, okay, just... moving on from her. That was interesting. Uh, so, let, let's let's move on. Because you went to, what, Comic-Con, right? Didn't you go to Comic-Con like, in Com- New York the other day? Comic-Con. It's, have you done Comic-Con? So, I... No, I have not. I, I thought I had, but now I'm realizing that I think I've just covered it so much, but I've never actually been. It's interesting. It's first of all, it's it gets crazier and crazier every year because first of all, it's one of the hardest tickets to get. I have people literally like go crazy, like they beg me, "Can you get me to Comic Con? Can you get me to Comic Con?" Um, it's just one of the hardest tickets to get. Um, Saturday is the craziest day because it's cosplay day. Yeah. And the costume these people put on are just incredible. They, you know, they're just so, they're, they're massive. Like, I don't even know how you get there. I don't know how these people walk around in these costumes. And if you're not in a costume on Saturday, you look weird. Like, wait, a so question. People- so is Comic-Con in New York basically the exact same thing as the one in San Diego where it's like all the new TV shows that are coming out and movies, they send all their actors to like promote the movie or is it yeah they have it it, i'm thinking san diego's kind of probably be even bigger because you have a bigger access to talent and celebrities Mm -hmm. but yes they do a lot of stuff announcing new tv shows but the thing is it's not like cool tv shows it's like shows on the sci-fi network or like these new shows on hulu where i'm like who watches these shows like there's so many of these random shows there i'm like who watches these shows so for me being a journalist and being in the press i'm able to go into these press rooms where you sit in these press rooms and the basically the town of these new shows come out 
and they sit at a table with you and like four other reporters and you just ask them whatever you want about the show. The thing is you're working with these journalists who they're not real journalists. I mean, listen, I'm not a real journalist, but <laughs> so we're all not real journalists, but they're asking like questions like, tell me about your character in this new season. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like they're like fan news sites or fan blogs. And these people like, you know, you're talking about like Matthew Broadway, Paul Wesley, like huge celebrities have to sit there and talk to these, these interesting people about like these shows that I don't know who watches. Like literally, I don't know who watches any, have you ever watched the sci-fi network, like a scripted series on the sci-fi network? No, I think I've like flipped the channel and I've been like, what the hell is this crazy ass show? And then realized it's the sci-fi network. You know what I'm saying? Like it just catches your attention and then you realize how cheesy it is and you, you flip the channel. Somebody out there is watching these shows. Like it's crazy how much TV is out there and people are consuming it. Like really like you keep getting these emails like Hulu. So all these t- – it's not like the good TV shows. You're not having like the stars of Will and Grace. You're having the stars but, hey, but of like Matthew Galactic. Matthew Broderick is a pretty big celebrity, dude. Paul he, Wesley he, is a big big. celebrity too. He's very big, and that's why you question, like, why are you guys here? <laughs> you know, like, it's it's very, like, what show are you working on? Where are these shows on? Like, these TBS comedies. Like, I just don't know anything about it. They have about to just it. be getting paid. So they're just going, and they're getting as much publicity in one day for a TV show on the Sci-Fi Network. So it's like, what, is, what does Matthew Broderick care? He's getting paid to be there and talk to random journalists for the day. Yeah. But it's funny because the journalists aren't real. Listen, again, I'm not a real journalist. So the journalists are just basically doing it just to like be close to celebrities. Because literally, I feel like when I'm at the table with these journalists, I'm the one who keeps the conversation going. And I thought I asked decently okay questions. I'm not tooting my own horn, but it was just like there was a series on Netflix. I, I was talking to Paul Wesley. I sat at a table with Paul Wesley, Paul Wesley from Vampire Diaries. You know, very uh, popular actor, you know, big star. I said to Paul, listen, you're doing a series now for CBS, uh, their CBS digital site. It's only on their digital site. And he just did a show, but his biggest show was on the CW network. And I asked him, how does doing a show compare from a digital network to a network series? And he talked about like just freedom. You are a real fucking journalist. That is a great question. I'm not because I I, I mean, listen, I just kind of I'm not really working for anybody particular i'm kind of doing my own thing but i thought it was a good question and his answer was great he's like listen we had more freedom it's just like the beats like we don't have to really go by the beats for a script we don't have to you know he's like when you do a sitcom you're a network show it's got to go dead to dead to dead commercial commercial whereas a scripted you know when you do these digital things it doesn't have to really have a good flow you just kind of go with you know, he's talking about the story and how, like, the you know, how you can curse and how there's a little bit more freedom and the lawyers kind of let you kind of go on. Um, so I feel like I keep the rhythm going at the conversation at the table because the other journalists are, are asked, I got to be honest, the stupidest questions. Tell me about your character in this new series. Tell me – where does the character end up? Where – you know what? And, like, who cares about the character? What, what, what I mean, I'm curious – Unless, did unless he... there's someone out there who does care about the character, I do not know. But did but did he get into because what I'm kind of curious about what's like like you said he was on a huge CW show like Vampire Diaries was massive cult following you know like everywhere he went he was getting recognized he went from you know having you know a hundred thousand followers to millions of followers because that show did so well so my curiosity lies in you go from 
a CW show to a digital CBS show? Like, is that tough or is it like, no, this is the way that the entertainment world is going. So being on CBS digital is the new way to have a job. I don't know. Like, that's what I want to know. Well, I guess that's there's just so many platforms now that I think these actors are just looking for work. You know, like, listen, at the end of the day, they're working actors. So they're working with someone, you know, the guy who Paul Wesley was working on was the guy who created Scream. Um, I forget the guy's name, but it was the guy who created Scream. So he wants to work with good people. Um, so it's, uh, he just wants to work with good people. Um, no, that makes sense. and that's what he just wants to do. Like these guys just want to work. They want to get paid. And I think that's what it is. They just want to keep working. Yeah, but and working here's the thing. Once you've had a little taste of the celebrity bug, when you are super famous, it's. I think it's really hard to go back to not having one of those high-profile jobs, high-profile roles where everyone knows what you're doing. Like, you, you don't want to be a working actor in Hollywood when you go off a, a major show and you walk down the street and someone goes, what are you up to these days? You want to be the person Correct. where everyone knows what you're doing. That's a great question, and I actually asked that. I said, "What is the feedback like when you do a digital series compared to um, a, 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 net, uh, a network series?" And he said, "I really don't notice a difference, you know." But I guess he doesn't put himself out there enough because I'm still curious: Are we up to the period where people are watching these digital series? You know, are people really, especially you know, besides the Netflix, maybe the Hulu, the Amazons? But the CBS digital, the digital, the CBS digital platforms, the NBC digital platforms, are people actually tuning into that stuff? Yeah. So he, I mean, I guess people are watching it, but I think it's him just kind of keep working because, you know, these guys they're working actors. They need to show they're working out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You know, and you know maybe it's sort of being an entrepreneur a little bit as an actor to say like I'm investing my time into a new platform and that and or you know they're still a, paid or you need a paycheck at the end of the day <laughs> and so cbs digital is paying the paycheck you go with it he and paul let me ask you, paul's an interesting guy like he could tell like he's very like when you ask him a question he thinks about his question a lot like he, he like breaks down the question maybe actors are just unique people you know or maybe he was just kind of you know, again, maybe there was a nervousness of the room because you just had to sit at a table, a bunch of people, and you don't know what they're going to ask you. But I feel like I kept the conversation moving around. And, you know, so I was backstage. I talked to, a, you know, I'm at backstage at Comic-Con. I talked to Nick Kroll, which I saw there. I saw Ryan Reynolds. I saw Lil Rel. Wait, you saw uh, Ryan Reynolds? The, yeah. I saw Ryan Reynolds. He's got oh, some I, new how movie. Do you, how did you bury that name? Yeah, you know, he's... What do you mean? Yeah, that's, that's like the biggest name because, in the you entire know, thing. Ryan Reynolds. All right. I met Ryan Reynolds years ago, and he wasn't that like overly warm to me. Like he wasn't just like. Oh, he didn't run up and give you a hug. Yeah, I want a hug. <laughs> I want to be. I want affection. But I remember running to him years ago, and I said, "Ryan, I, you know, people come up to me saying I look like you," and he just kind of like shrugged me off, and I was so like, he just didn't want to, you know. And I thought that was kind of maybe I, he thought I was ugly and didn't look like him. I don't know, but I remember people used to call me. That. I thought it was a compliment. And then when I said to him, he just couldn't care. So, but I saw him. I didn't even go after him. I talked. I was talking to Little Rel, and Little Rel is one of the biggest stars in Hollywood now. I mean, he's people go crazy for him. He's super nice, super cool. Um, but you know, so, what that goes back to that we've talked about a couple times. How that one moment, celebrities have that one moment to connect with someone and turn them into a fan for life. 
And yes. that moment that you had with Ryan Reynolds, maybe he was tired, maybe he was, I don't know, anything. Could be a hundred different things. His mind was on something else. And you walked away from that being like, mm, don't really like Ryan Reynolds. No, that, I, that, that shows you a lot. It does. You have, you know, a, a comedy club manager, he said to me one time, he goes, listen, I'll watch you. If you want me to watch your set, I'll watch your set, but make sure you're ready. He goes, you have one chance at a first impression. And I thought that was a really, really powerful statement. And he's right. You have one chance at a first impression. So that his first impression did not, you know, and again, I'm probably guilty. You're probably guilty of it. We didn't, you know, so it's like, dude, you have one chance at a first impression and it didn't really help. So, you know, maybe he's gotten better. It seems like he's becoming more comfortable in Ryan Reynolds' shoes because for a while, Ryan Reynolds, for a while, Ryan Reynolds, in my opinion. a hard statement to say. For a while, Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) For a little while, Ryan Reynolds, I felt like was kind of doing some weird projects or wasn't even working. And it was like because when he first came out, he did Van Wilder, which Van Wilder wasn't the best movie, but it was a great character. Everyone wanted – to be Van Wilder. Ryan Reynolds was just one of the most charismatic guys. Like, man, this guy seems so cool. He seems so charming. And I don't know. And then he's, you know, he did Just Friends. He did a few movies where he was just like this charming guy. Then I think maybe because of his personal life, maybe because what, maybe some stories that he wasn't as, didn't come off as charming. And people kind of had a bad impression of him. And then he does Deadpool and becomes a comic book superhero on the charming guy that Ryan Reynolds is and kind of wins people over again. Well, you know, you, then you, you forgot the Green media. Lantern. You, you left the Green Lantern out of your whole story right there. Oh, come on. <laughs> Green Lantern. I think you the forgot about that. movie Wasn't ever made. Knows? I mean, <laughs> but I feel like after he did Deadpool, which was kind of like a fun, funny superhero, it kind of people kind of had a different opinion, like, oh, he's back, Ryan Reynolds. He's back to being Ryan Reynolds. And then you see him on Instagram and he's got this fun relationship with Hugh Jackman where they make fun of each other. It's like, oh, there you go. There's the Ryan Reynolds we know. Yep. So maybe he's become more comfortable in himself. Maybe he's just a happier guy now. He's in a rough Adam, place. Give Ryan Reynolds another chance, dude. God, just I will go give back over there, chance, let him give you the hug and and make up for years ago, okay? I'm, I'm, listen, I'll have another chance, but he's going to have to work for it, all right? I don't just – you know, I I hold grudges, all right? You're going to have to work for this, Ryan. I'm, not, I'm just not going to give it up. So. I want to know with um, – when you're backstage at Comic-Con, are the publicists – are they like working their ass off to get publicity? Or are they dicks like normal? Oh, dicks like normal. Come on. I mean it's just like – I remember going to talk to Paul after and I've met Paul a few times in – we talked about some stuff. He's from Jersey. We kind of had like a small conversation before the the roundtable came about. And I went to go talk to him and the publicists all do the same kind of things. Oh, Paul, we got to go. I'm sorry. We have to go. It's like stop being the superhero. Stop being the total bitch. It's like it doesn't have to And in fact, I just talked to him. And he's like this is the only thing I have to do all day. So don't say he has to go. He literally had nothing else to do. And we were just talking about like random stuff. So – um um, it's just, it's, it's, you know, they're being, they're trying to be a little bit over guarding and show their, their power, but they don't really have power in the room because they have to contractually, I guess, due to con- contractually, what's the word? Contractually, they're contra- contractually <laughs> obligated. <laughs> this is why we don't have a radio show. We can only have a podcast because we can't speak. I know, I know. 
But, you know, it was they're trying to like show their power. But listen, I got denied from a few press rooms that didn't want me to cover. But I'm like, you guys are just stupid because you're going to bring in some other fan blog that no one's reading. Where I actually I didn't realize they I didn't realize they could block you from a press room because once you have a press pass, you should be access to all press. So you get the press pass and then you have to apply to be in the press room and then the press room will say, oh, you've been accepted or you've been denied or rejected. Wow. And I got rejected for many of them. I got accepted from a few, but I got rejected from many of them. And, and what are what are they – do they give you a reason or do they say, nope, you can't get in? Nope. Sorry, sorry, we don't have enough room. And then you walk in and there's plenty of room. So it's just like, oh, OK. You're just not a big enough press outlet or just – it's stupid. Being, it really is so stupid. And – Again, they are their own worst enemies. They are their own worst enemies. They're the anti-publicists. People just don't get it. I mean, you know who gets it when it comes to PR? Who? The UFC. The UFC is so good to press. They allow everyone and everyone to go in. They give everyone as much um, face-to-face, um, just face-to-face as possible with the UFC stars. And it makes a big difference because there's so many more sites and blog sites and fan sites doing these UFC interviews and content. And it fucking helps out the sport, you know, especially if you're trying to sell a TV show. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You need as many clicks and views as possible. You need the name out there for a new show on a new platform as much as possible. I don't get it, but whatever. I think there's a difference between a television star and a UFC star, though. I think that the UFC star is going to be more willing to do the interview with the little guys than a TV celebrity. I just think that that's what it comes down to. I think that there's just, you know, there's there's a different mentality there. The TV celebrities need to turn around them. They need to change their ways and not have their heads so far up their ass. They got to get rid of their ego and maybe even get rid of their, their publicists because they're actually hurting them in the long run, in my opinion. Yeah. Crazy, you know, dude. Sometimes the best publicist is themselves, not them, because they will make the differences to help themselves out. So, Well, I think that goes with, with everyone in Hollywood. If you're trying to get into this business, just realize, like, don't sit back and rely on managers, publicists, agents. Like, you got to get out there and you got to do the shit yourself because no one is going to be the, an advocate for yourself like you are. You wonder, and that's a curious thing when you see like the Brad Pitts and the Courtney Coxes, Jennifer Aniston's. Did they just have a team behind them when they first started, or was it them well, throwing I themselves think, out? I, I think it was them. I, I think it was probably them. But then once you hit a point where you are the biggest star in the room, that's when your managers and agents and publicists go to town for you because everyone's coming to them to try to work with you. So it's just yeah. like it's just being handed in their lap. But when you're not the biggest guy on the roster, you're not the biggest guy that your manager represents. Like, good luck. You got to You got to yeah. do. You got to hustle that shit yourself. Yeah, that's my recommendation for the day. That's how we're gonna end yeah. this. This chat is be your biggest advocate. <laughs> be your big. Be your own publicist. Be your own publicist and work your ass off, and don't rely on your manager and agent to get to make it big in the industry. Yeah, look at us. We're doing podcasts from home right now. So I'm doing a pod. Yeah, look at us. We're doing a podcast. Look, look at us. Straight from our couch. studio, studio bedroom. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's so true. Oh, oh yeah. man. Well, good chat today. Thank you. Um, and we will we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks to Lexi Pantera for joining us on the podcast. 
Thank you, Adam Glenn, for your wild adventures at Comic-Con. And uh, you guys can find us at Dax Holt and at Adam Glenn on social media, pretty much every platform there is out there. And you can find Adam on an extra special place called TikTok. TikTok, let's go. My new digital platform. <laughs> Putting out that content. All about the content. Content creating. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Adam. Talk to you next week. Later.